0: Live in Times Square, this is Good Morning America. Good morning, America. Fire and snow, creating dangerous conditions for millions. Massive blizzard slamming the west this morning. Officials are warning of life-threatening conditions and telling people to stay inside. The storm could bring as much as 12 feet of snow in some places. Our Faith Abube is literally in the middle of it all in Truckee,
1: California. Good morning, Faith good morning to you, Michael. The area is already blanketed in snow and you can see it's still coming down. This is just the amount of snow we've gotten in just the last several hours, and it's only the beginning of the most dangerous part of the storm. Officials are warning that the window for safe travel on the roads has already closed. They want people to hunker down, stay indoors and leave the roads altogether. Now the Sierra Nevada mountains, they're used to snow, but not like this, not like what's forecasted here. Gusty winds could bring whiteout conditions near zero visibility and then add the potential for down trees down power lines and potential power outages and it could spell disaster. There are also avalanche watches up and down the mountain ranges, which could be life threatening as well. And so you have several ski resorts in the area. They've either closed or they're limiting their operating hours. Yosemite National Park overnight decided to close as well, urging visitors to leave the area altogether. This is very serious in this specific area. In Truckee, we're expecting upwards of 70 mile per hour wind gusts and about eight feet of snow when this is all said and done over the weekend this is increasingly going to get worse throughout the day and into the weekend as well but some people we've talked to said they are on alert but they do have their emergency supplies ready to go in case they get trapped in this for several days Michael
0: yeah. all right thank you so much for that faith
2: George okay we're gonna go from the snow to the wildfires in Texas the biggest one is then now the largest ever in Texas history Chief National Correspondent Matt Gutman is on the scene good morning Matt
3: Hey yeah, good morning. George's fire also causing two fatalities and destroying dozens and dozens of homes. Now, what you're seeing behind me is the home of volunteer firefighter Robert, I mean, Charles Clark. And as he came to this neighborhood with so many of the homes here on fire, he had a choice to make to try to salvage what was left of his home or to try to save the home of his neighbor, Chanel Young. I want to show you the result of his decision, that home unscathed. This morning, those deadly wildfires blazing through more than a million acres in Texas. On Thursday, firefighters taking advantage of favorable conditions. Even though it's cold, firefighters are still fighting hot spots like this. They're trying to put them out before the wind kicks up and it gets hot again. With only 3% of the fire contained, thousands of residents forced to abandon their homes, in many cases, their livelihoods. Cattle seen here running from an encroaching wall of flames. The deadly fire taken the life of at least two people, including 44-year-old Cindy Owen.
4: She was driving and got really smoky and she couldn't breathe and um, kind of started panicking. After that, point of contact was um, broken.
3: Her sister-in-law devastated.
4: The family's lost. We are broken. She meant the world to all of us.
3: Chanel Young was napping with her one-year-old when police rapped on her door.
4: He's like, you don't have much time. Get out. So I grabbed all three of my dogs, my child, as much as I could, and got out.
3: Chanel thought it would be the last time she'd see her house. But when they drove back through the neighborhood, they saw another house on fire. That of her firefighter neighbor, Charles Clark.
4: I said, Charles, you saved my house when yours was burning.
3: He'd made a choice to send a team and a truck to her house, sacrificing his own.
4: He was crying. And his daughters were here. And they were crying
3: just the incredible selflessness. Now we've been seeing firefighters frantically driving around, trying to put out hotspots, because today the temperature is supposed to rise 40 degrees over what it was yesterday. And starting tomorrow, there is a fire weather watch, much lower humidity, much higher winds and temperature, the kind of conditions that caused this fire to explode in the first place, Rebecca.
5: Some giant challenges there, but guys, thank goodness for people like Charles Clark, that yeah. volunteer mm-hmm. firefighter who saved that home. Thank you, Matt, we appreciate it. We want I want to bring in now Sam Champion who's in for ginger you're tracking all this dangerous weather Sam. yeah
6: he, he used all the right words frantic is one and explosive fire conditions another so we had an inch of snow just in Amarillo yesterday with cold temperatures Amarillo used it as a marker because the fires are just to the north of it and as Matt said we're going to 75 degrees again today look at those winds 20 miles per hour sounds better but we've got 24 hours to get a hold of this fire in some way and that's not really possible or likely before we've got another front coming in. These temperatures over the weekend are going to be near 80 degrees. We've got 19 to 30 mile per hour gusts coming with that front. Here comes more rain and this is the big snow. This is where Faith was and this doubles down into Nevada as well. We're talking about feet of snow there george we're going to be watching some big heat going on in the country as well we've got heat from the middle of the country moving
2: into the northeast so much to track today okay sam thanks very much now to president biden and donald trump's dueling trips to the southern border trump blasted biden biden invited trump to cooperate on a solution chief white house correspondent mary bruce is at the border in brownsville texas good morning mary
7: Good morning, George. Well, President Biden and Donald Trump used their competing visits to blame each other for the crisis here along the border, both now trying to get the upper hand and own this critical issue come November. Facing mounting criticism over his handling of the immigration crisis, President Biden visiting the border to confront a growing political challenge. Apprehensions have soared to record highs under his administration. The president Thursday briefed by Border Patrol on the banks of the Rio Grande. And blasting house republicans for tanking a bipartisan border deal at donald trump's urging
8: it's the toughest set of border security reforms we've ever seen in this country it's time for the speakers and some of my republican friends in congress who are blocking this bill to show a little spine
7: trump pressuring republicans to kill the bill eager to deny president biden a political win on an issue trump wants to run on himself the bill has the backing of the conservative border union. We asked one of their top officials, Chris Cabrera, why. What's the biggest impact of Washington failing to pass that bill? Um,
9: the security of our country.
7: Former President Trump urged Republicans not to pass that deal. What would you make of that?
2: Well, I mean, that's
7: politics for you. Was it a perfect bill? No, it wasn't a perfect bill. Um, but it's better than the status quo what's going on now. Ultimately, he says the president is responsible for the situation at the border. You get to make the decisions, and he made those decisions. And unfortunately, um, you know, the buck stops with him. 300 miles away in Eagle Pass, Donald Trump argued Biden's policies caused this crisis, blaming the president for what he described as lawlessness at the border. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. Trump, who also struggled to contain this crisis, now promising to go even further than he did in his first term, considering detention camps and mass deportations, though deportations actually dropped significantly when he was in office, far below his predecessor, Barack Obama. Now, President Biden with a new tactic, an invitation to Trump, to put border security above politics to solve this problem.
8: Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done?
7: Now, the president is still hoping that bill will pass, but knows that is a real long shot right now. And that is why he's also considering taking executive action, including tough new asylum restrictions and capping daily crossings at the border. The president knows that this is now a real political liability for him in this campaign and is eager to show voters, Michael, that he's doing everything he can to address the issue.
0: All right, Mary, thank you so much for all of that. We're going to turn now to the funeral for Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. He was laid to rest in Moscow this morning after his sudden death in a Siberian prison two weeks ago. Foreign correspondent James Lawman is tracking this from Ukraine. Good morning, James.
10: Yeah, good morning, Michael. Huge day for Russia today. A final goodbye to Alexei Navalny, Vladimir Putin's fiercest critic. You were not afraid. We are not afraid either. Just one of the extraordinary chants that's been heard outside the church where he, this funeral took place. Lines of mourners stretched from block after block, many of them with flowers, but a big security presence too. Metal barriers and police in place. The same measures they took for Navalny protests when he was alive or the same clear signs Russia is ready to crush any protest. The Kremlin says it has nothing to say to to Navalny's relatives on the day of his funeral. Adding only this threat, unauthorized actions will be held accountable by law. Navalny's wife, Yulia, and his two children, they live outside Russia in exile. They cannot attend, but his mother, Ludmila, she was there in the funeral procession. His team and his family say they've had eight days of difficulties trying to get his body back from the authorities, trying to find a place for the funeral, even to get a hearse company to drive him. But finally, he's been laid to rest. Rebecca.
5: All right, James Longman. Thank you, James. We turn now to chaos and confusion in Gaza, threatening to derail a return of Israeli hostages and those ceasefire efforts. Foreign correspondent Tom Supi Burridge has the latest.
11: This morning, Israeli drone video showing thousands of desperate Gazans surging towards a convoy of humanitarian trucks. Israeli tanks clearly visible. There the IDF says to protect the convoy. (laughs) Tanks firing warning shots to disperse what Israeli officials called a threatening crowd. The IDF claiming self-defense, saying when people who rushed the convoy got too close to the tanks, they opened fire. The Hamas-run Gazan Health Ministry calling it a massacre, adding that at least 100 people were killed and more than 700 injured. Israeli officials claiming tens of those who were killed were crushed by the trucks and trampled by the crowd. This man saying Israeli tanks came out and opened fire on people randomly and directly, adding, if aid is to come to us in this way, we do not want it. We press the IDF. People simply went to get food in, in an area where there is a desperate humanitarian need and they were shot dead. This is the tragedy of this war. People should not be approaching our forces. The death toll in Gaza now more than 30,000, according to the Hamas run Gazan Health Ministry. Ahmed telling me more than 100 of his relatives were killed in Gaza earlier this month, including his three young daughters. They were like golden treasure to me, he says. Well, the U.S. now considering airdropping aid into Gaza in the distance there. In the last few moments, we've heard multiple explosions and President Biden reacting to those tragic scenes in northern Gaza, saying it will complicate negotiations to get a ceasefire and free more hostages. Biden's still hopeful for a deal. George.
2: OK, Tom, thanks. We're going to the latest now on the Trump trials. The former president expected in a Florida court today for a hearing in the classified documents case. Senior investigative correspondent Eric Tersey is on the scene in Fort Pierce. Good morning, Aaron.
12: And good morning to you, George. This hearing will determine when Trump actually stands trial on the charges of mishandling classified documents. It was originally scheduled for May, but it's almost certain today to be pushed. Special counsel Jack Smith is suggesting July. That would conflict with the Republican National Convention, so Trump's side says August. But really, Trump is hoping this never goes to trial at all after the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to decide whether he's immune from prosecution for actions taken while in office. As he has in the election interference case in Washington, Trump has argued he cannot be prosecuted here in Florida on charges of hoarding classified documents and obstructing the government's attempt to get them back. His lawyers have said Trump decided to move the records from the White House to his Palm Beach estate while he was in office, and so it constituted an official act. With the two federal trials, though, now unclear, and the Georgia case in limbo over the district attorney's romance with a prosecutor, it's possible, guys, Trump faces only one trial before the November election, the case in New York where he's charged over a hush payment to a porn star. Guys? Okay,
0: Aaron, thanks very much, Michael. All right, George, now to the emotional reunion between a Florida sheriff's deputy and the baby whose life he saved following a car crash. Victor Okendo is here with the story, Victor, this video is intense. But thankfully, everybody's okay.
13: That's right, and good morning, Michael. A motorcycle crashed into a car with her mother and two daughters inside. His quick thinking at the devastating scene, saving the baby's life, but we do want to warn you, some of the images here are hard to watch. Dash cam video capturing the moment a motorcycle speeds by at an estimated 100 miles per hour, ending in a deadly crash.
12: Can I some? Sure I got a signal for a motorcyclist.
13: The motorcycle left in pieces Florida Deputy Sergeant David Musgrove first on the scene within seconds.
14: Hold on, hold on. Let me get you guys out of there.
13: First, pulling one child from the wreck.
14: Come here. Come here, sweetheart.
13: Musgrove pleading for a stranger's help, handing the girl over.
9: Hey, sir! Come
13: help me, please. I need you to hold this little girl, please. Then rushing back to the vehicle to rescue six-month-old Lola trapped inside and unresponsive.
2: Is
15: your baby okay? No! She's right there! No! I just remember the impact. My ear was ringing.
13: The race was on to save Lola's life. Musgrove performing CPR on the side of the road until paramedics arrived.
16: When I got her out, she was, you know, of the car. She was lifeless.
13: Baby Lola rushed to the hospital with severe injuries, but the deputy sergeant felt his duty didn't end on that highway checking in with the family at the hospital. And this morning, the man the family now calls Uncle Dave, reuniting with them once again to celebrate little Lola's release from the
16: hospital. Three weeks ago when this happened, I I did not anticipate we would be home already, that Lola would be okay.
15: He is our guardian angel. We call him Uncle Dave now, the girls do. And he is my hero and he is my girl's hero and we love him.
13: Lola spent two and a half weeks in the hospital. She suffered skull fractures, still a long road to recovery, but as you saw, she is home. Musgrove was awarded the Black and Blue Award
0: for his heroic oh, actions. He yeah. What wow. a scene. Such yeah. a
5: sweet face on Lola too. Absolutely.
0: Uncle Dave is the hero. Uncle yeah. Dave. <laughs> All right, Victor, thank you for bringing that to us. Coming up, it's the end of an era for Oprah Winfrey and Weight Watchers. What it means for the future of the company.
5: Plus, the growing questions about Princess Kate's health as Prince William steps
2: out this morning. And outtakes from the Russ set played in court, what an expert witness said about some of Alec Baldwin's conduct on set. First, let's go back to Sam.
6: All right, George, I promised you some record heat and it's building in the middle of the country right behind this cold air. So it's our last cold morning, waking up around the Great Lakes into the northeast of the mid-Atlantic. Look at the record temperatures that are already popped during the day, Friday afternoon. Later on today in Minneapolis, that record heat starts to spread a little bit to the east. So Detroit, you're into record temperatures by the time we get to Monday. New York, you would be if we had sunshine, but it's a fairly cloudy, damp
0: weekend for us. We are just getting started on this Friday. We'll be right back.
17: That's the first time I think I've ever felt like actual shock. <laughs>
0: we
2: can see it. I hope you got a fan here.
17: I
0: just <laughs> to no Welcome back to GMA. I think we' know all those people. That's a little flashback. For Friday for our guy George, yeah. right there backstage at the Oscar. George, that was more than 10 years ago. You yeah, that?
2: that was such a such a crazy, crazy night. He kept coming back again and again. We could keep
0: rolling it for a while. She's
5: shocked. You how did you feel in that oh, moment? No, George? Hey, this
0: is golden. We just made the night. We're okay. <laughs> you know that that was Oscar winner, of course, Jennifer Lawrence. Well, she's gonna to return to the Academy Awards this year as a presenter. It's Hollywood's big night. It's only nine days wow. away.
2: Following a lot of headlines right now, including the dangerous weather, officials warning of life-threatening conditions out west. The massive blizzard could bring as much as 12 feet of snow in some places. One of the wildfires burning now is the largest in Texas history. Thousands have been forced to abandon their homes. Also happening this morning, the funeral for Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. He was laid to rest in Moscow after his sudden death in a Siberian prison two weeks ago. Lines of mourners stretch out for block after block. Many of them with, followers. of course, his widow has blamed vladimir putin calling him a murderer for her husband's death
5: plus breaking news this morning elon musk is suing OpenAI, eye Open and its ceo sam altman musk says altman broke their founding agreement by pursuing profits over benefits to humanity remember these are two people who sat on the board together from day one and now they have a big dispute ahead also college basketball superstar caitlin clark has officially announced she is going pro.
0: Surprise, surprise. Surprise,
5: surprise. Well, there's going to be some people in the stands in Iowa who aren't so happy about that, but I'm sure they'll cheer her on because she will forgo her final year of college and enter the WNBA draft, where she is expected to be the number one pick. But before that, we're going to be watching to see Sunday because she's probably going to break the all-time NCAA scoring record.
0: Yeah, I think going to like 18 one. points Good or something to break that. Pistol Pete's record.
5: I can't wait to see that, and we've got a lot more ahead, including the emotional testimony in the Rust trial. It's all coming up.
0: Now we're going to go do a shakeup at Weight Watchers. The company's stock plummeting after Oprah Winfrey announced she's leaving the board. Her exit follows the TV legend's revelation that she's using a weight loss drug. Errol Reschiff is here with more. Good morning, Ariel.
18: Good morning to you guys. As we know, Oprah seems to have the Midas touch. Everything she touches turns to gold. But the reverse appears to be true as well. After 10 years on the board of Weight Watchers, she announced her exit. And even though she says she will continue to advise the company, the company's stock spiraled. For nearly a decade, Oprah Winfrey and Weight Watchers were an intertwined and lucrative partnership. But this morning, that relationship has changed. The media mogul announcing she is leaving the company's board. In the aftermath of her decision, Weight Watchers shares dropping by more than 20 percent. They've
15: been struggling over the past few years and seeing Oprah extract herself and seeing the stock just tank, it really does feel like the
18: end of an era. Winfrey now planning to donate her millions in company stock to the National Museum of African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. The collaboration between Winfrey and Weight Watchers beginning in 2015 after the billionaire bought a 10 percent stake in the business and sent stock prices soaring, with Winfrey crediting the program with helping her to lose weight. This past December, Winfrey revealing she started using a weight loss drug to help manage her weight, telling People magazine then the fact that there's a medically approved prescription for managing weight and staying healthier in my lifetime feels like relief, like redemption, like a gift, and not something to hide behind and once again be ridiculed for. I'm absolutely done with the shaming from other people,
15: and particularly myself. There has been a cultural shift in terms of how we perceive weight management, in part because of the advent of weight loss medication. So it's going to be interesting to see how Weight Watchers could navigate this moving forward
18: and of course weight watchers now also prescribes medications as part of their weight loss plans and oprah has not specified which weight loss drug she is taking but she has said in a statement she will continue to collaborate with weight watchers in elevating the conversation around recognizing obesity as a chronic condition working to reduce stigma and advocating for health Equity, something so many people can relate to.
0: But Eric, there's also some news about a uh, a potential weight loss drug that you can take less often than the one that we have now.
18: So this is at the moment. Just an idea, but the company that's behind Wegovy and Ozempic says that its scientists are now looking into what it would take to make long-lasting GLP-1 molecules so the drug would be taken far less often than once a week. So it could have a major impact if it does come to fruition. Oh, that would be
0: major. Yeah, just an
18: idea for now, but a big one.
0: Big one, very big Mm -hmm. one. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Ariel. And we will have more on these drugs used for weight loss and how they are affecting some people's relationships in our next hour. George? K. Michael Wright now we're going to, do to go to the trial of rust armor Hannah
2: Gutierrez Reed in the onset shooting death of the film cinematographer jurors were played behind-the-scenes video with an expert witness testifying that it showed serious safety violations with Johnson here with the details good
14: morning wet hey George good morning some of this footage we've never seen before the prosecution's expert witness a veteran armorer, blasted the way the gun was handled on set calling it unsafe but he testified once the armorer Hannah Gutierrez accepted the job she took on the responsibility for others lives this morning prosecutors painting the picture of a chaotic movie set in the criminal trial against Rust Armorer Hannah Gutierrez. Jurors getting a look at outtakes from the troubled Western, some of which seen publicly for the first time, showing star and co-producer Alec Baldwin emerging from a wooden shed, firing shots from a pistol. Baldwin appearing to rush the crew to reload for another take, Gutierrez seen quickly approaching, grabbing blanks out of her fanny pack. The prosecution's expert witness, a veteran armorer, reacting to the footage
17: that conduct that we're seeing on the part of mr baldwin is that typical uh conduct from an actor on a movie set no why not
16: well number one uh he's basically instructing the armor how to do their
14: job at that point this is that moment that you need to stop and say no i'm not going to hurry up i'm going to slow down Baldwin was rehearsing on the New Mexico set when the revolver he was holding fired a live round, killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins back in October 2021. He's pleaded not guilty to involuntary manslaughter with a trial scheduled for July.
17: States exhibit 155.
14: Prosecutors revealing new videos like this one, showing a stuntman handing a gun to a child actor, arguing there was repeated negligence on set. Gutierrez, also accused of drug and alcohol use. She's been charged with involuntary manslaughter and tampering with evidence.
17: It's a really difficult case. It's extremely tragic.
14: David Hall's the first assistant director on Rust, who took a plea deal for his role in the shooting, delivering this emotional account of what unfolded.
17: Did you speak to Ms. Hutchins when you approached her? I did. What did you say?
14: Are you all right?
17: Did she respond?
13: yes she said i can't feel my legs
14: and halls also testified that he accepted the plea deal in part because he wants the truth to be known so that something like this never happens again as we noted alec baldwin's trial set for july some of these very same videos are expected to play an important role in that case too
0: okay
2: thank you michael
14: Coming up, um, we have the
0: growing question for the royal family about Princess Kate as Prince William steps out again this morning. And next, a showdown over the window shade. Take a look at this video going viral. Well, Gio has more. Hey, Gio. Hey, Michael. Yeah, that's right. This video has more
16: than 16 million views, and it's sparking a big debate right now. Who gets to control the window on a plane? What you need to know with spring break right around the corner. We're talking cabin pressure next right here on GMA.
19: Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.
0: We're back now with the video sparking a debate as families get set to take off for spring break. One child wanted the window shade closed, but the woman with the window seat, she was not having it. Jill Benitez is here with all the shade. Good
16: morning, Jill. (laughs) Michael, good morning. All the shade. I like that. So many people are talking about this video because this happens so often when you're on a plane. If you buy a window seat, who has the right to the window shade? Is it you or is it a passenger around you? Well, one woman posted her dilemma and oh, it is going wild online. This morning, as millions prepare to take off for their spring break flights, a showdown over the window shade going viral. At least 16 million people watching as the woman shooting the video opens her shade and a child in front of her closes it. The woman captioning the video, it's my window. That passenger speaking with GMA overnight. I really
17: enjoy looking at scenery from a plane. I also get a bit of claustrophobia when I'm not, when I, when I can't see outside the plane. I did see that. He had another window directly adjacent to him. So for that reason, that's why I decided, no, I want to keep this window open. If that were to happen again, I mean, I'd react the
20: exact same way.
16: And this isn't the first time travelers have battled it out over making the flight
4: bright. But it's my opinion that as the window seat occupant, I am the dictator of the window shade. Passengers sharing their frustration
16: on social media. I did open the shade both times. I'm a benevolent ruler, but I just thought it was insane. And some having a little fun, like in this video. But this morning, the question, who has the right to determine whether the shade goes up or down? We
21: went to the head of the largest flight attendants union to find out. I think everybody thinks that they've got some sort of claim on that window. And it's understandable uh, when you're purchasing that window uh, seat. And most people actually want to be considerate of people around them. So giving people a chance to respond in a positive way is really the best approach.
16: Yeah, and Sarah Nelson says that in her experience as a longtime flight attendant, when people advocate for themselves and explain why they want something, most of the time, other people understand and they take that into consideration. Just make sure that you're not starting this big fight. <laughs> and if it's getting <laughs> tense, Sam Champion, make sure that you're calling a crew member and, you know, get, get a little help. I feel hump. for yeah. these crews. Yeah. They are yeah. dealing oh, with a, a lot. lot. They yeah. really
19: are.
0: They really are. So who's window was it? <laughs> <That's the question. laughs> you Gio you're not done Gio's going to be back with another showdown he's going to pit AI against a travel expert to find out which one gets the best deal on spring break travel.
5: Alright coming up it is the global day of unplugging and we're going to tell you how to power down and enjoy a day away from your screens unlike those people right there.
2: <laughs> Good morning, America. It's 8 a.m. Fire and snow creating dangerous conditions for millions, up to 12 feet of snow expected in some areas out west, and the largest wildfire in Texas history raging. Thousands forced to abandon their homes and their livelihoods, Sam Champion tracking it all.
5: Losing weight and losing your marriage? How drugs used for weight loss
8: are changing bodies and some relationships. If you had known that your marriage might be a casualty on this weight loss journey, would you take those pounds back?
0: Spring break on a budget. Can artificial intelligence book your trip for less than you can?
15: ChatGPT said 40 bucks a day for rental cars?
0: We put a real travel agent and AI to the test. Can you guess which one was cheaper?
2: First look at the top stories breaking at eight, starting with the dangerous weather for millions. Sam Champion here tracking the blizzard out West and the wildfires in the Texas Panhandle. Hey Sam. Hey George, George, we've been talking about it, but
6: I think the best way to show you just the heartbreak of this is showing you the images from fire to snow and then back to fire. This is in the Texas Panhandle. there are now more than a million acres burned in what is now the largest wildfire in Texas history. This is likely to go way up during the day today when they measure, they only measure the zone once a day. Amarillo's back to 74 degrees today, and though the winds look lighter, this is still tough fire conditions. Look at that. It goes all the way up into Nebraska, and there's another front coming in. That means we're near 80 this weekend with 32 mile per hour winds coming in by the time we get to Sunday. If we don't get a hold of that fire in 24 hours, it will just go unchecked for days. This blizzard condition, look at this. Blizzard warnings with snow up to 12 feet of snow in some parts of California. Also extend that to parts of Nevada because, look, we've doubled the warning area, that blizzard warning. There are avalanche warnings under that as well in this zone right here from Mammoth to Tahoe City because there's just snow, so much snow coming that we could have avalanches there. This is a place that you do not want to travel in at all. As a matter of fact, they're shutting down roads
0: right now. Michael? Definitely be careful there, Sam. Thank you. And we turn now to the latest on the IVF battle in Alabama. Legislation there was passed to protect access to IVF. Elizabeth Shully joins us with what's next. And Elizabeth, is this giving some doctors and patients reassurance? Good morning.
21: Good morning, Michael. You know, it is giving them reassurance as this legislation to protect IVF moves forward with overwhelming bipartisan support. It would provide that doctors who do IVF are immune from civil and criminal charges. Basically, this would allow those doctors to move forward with treatments after they were put on pause at three major clinics. That was in the wake of that controversial decision by Alabama Supreme Court, which determined that frozen embryos are people and discarding embryos, which is a typical part of the IVF, Process could be considered a crime. Now, hundreds of families who say that IVF is the only way for them to have children made a direct appeal to lawmakers at the state House this week. While we have seen that some anti abortion groups have been critical, saying that this bill falls short of pro-life expectations. So what happens next? Lawmakers will vote again on this legislation next week. It is expected to be signed into law by the governor as soon as Wednesday. For the families who we've been following who are in the middle of their IVF cycles, they say that cannot come soon enough.
5: A little bit of hope for those families. Okay, Elizabeth, thank you. And coming up in our GMA morning menu, love and weight loss. The effects slimming down using medicine can have on your relationship.
2: Also had Gia and Becky face off to find out the best way to get a great spring
0: break travel deal, AI or a travel expert. Plus questions about Princess Kate and Prince William making another appearance this morning. And Sam is putting one of our special guests to work. Hey, Sam. <laughs> Michael, don't tell him, because I'm here with Scott Foley
6: now, and we're going to talk about his new series, "The Girls on the Bus." Scott, did you also know that it was Global Unplugging day? I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> can, would you would, would you do the honors and truly unplug for us? You
9: think I can hold this myself. Here we go. Here no, we no, go. Oh my good. Oh, look at that. Oh Look at that. Oh
6: wait, Scott.
9: You weren't really supposed to unplug it. Now, Jesus, what are we going to do? What, what is that? Wait,
6: happened? that was just a joke. All right, we'll be back if we get the lights back on. I don't know what happened. It, right in there. Go, go go. All right, we'll be right back.
2: We are back with our GMA cover story. A look at the impact drugs used for weight loss can have on relationships. Deborah Roberts here with that story. Good morning, Deborah.
8: Good morning, George. Yeah, they were created for medical situations, but we've all seen the ads and social media testimonials. So many people taking that weekly shot, often off label and happily losing weight in some cases, massive amounts. But behind all the smiles is a complex reality with the weight loss. Some have seen big gains and others big losses in their lives. First, it changed their bodies. Now it's changing their relationships.
4: My friends were excited. They are like, you're happier, you're you're, you're, you're glowing. If you had known
8: that your marriage might be a casualty on this weight loss journey, would you take those pounds back? (sighs) At 47, Stephanie Smith says she feels more confident than ever since starting on Manjaro, she says she's noticed a change in herself and her marriage. Being in my 40s and gaining 45 pounds and
5: and struggling to get it off, I was I was headed down a pretty unhealthy um, path. But now, just because I feel good, I have a lot more self confidence.
8: While weight loss has brought some families closer together, for others, it's ended in divorce. You're losing weight, and you lose your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's an
9: unfortunate circumstance. It wasn't necessarily just that. It was a lot of other factors.
8: Jason Winook, a dad of two and a trained chef, says his eating habits have always been a struggle. Jason began taking Manjaro in February of 2023. Four months and more than 80 pounds later, he was filing for divorce. Was that tough with your relationship with your wife? You know, we
9: were married for 17 years and together for 22. So, you know, the, the 40, the 44, 45 year old Jason is a lot different than the the Jason that met his wife at 20. I think it more brought out confidence in me to see that we didn't really work anymore.
8: Kevin says overall he is happy, but life is very different and a little bit complex. Now, a lot of complex emotions following many of these weight loss drugs, including questions about body positivity and whether this is a blow to that movement. You can see much more on Impact by Nightline, The Skinny Confessions after Ozempic, streaming now on Hulu. And a lot of arguments, yeah. guys. Oh, they Tom. broke out even here talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. these drugs. I
0: mean, this is something you could just debate all day long. Yeah,
8: You absolutely can. But a lot of people have seen success, and they're happy. And
0: yeah. we'll be watching more. Please do. Right. Thanks so much for that, Deb. And now we're going to go to the royal family and Prince William making another public appearance on his own this morning as questions mount about Princess Kate. Maggie Ruley's in London with the latest. Good morning, Maggie.
17: Hey, good morning, Michael. Yeah, this morning as Princess Kate's recovering at home, Prince William is out and about in Wales. And guys, it looks like he even managed to sneak in a little bit of fun while carrying on with his royal duties. This morning, Prince William appearing publicly in Wales as questions mount over his wife's condition. Visiting a pub with Wrexham FC's American owner and TV star, Rob McElhenney. Across the U.S. and U.K., many are asking one big question. Where is Kate Middleton? Princess Kate has not been seen in public since that walk to church on Christmas Day. She was admitted to the hospital in early January for what the palace called planned abdominal surgery and discharged two weeks later. Since then, social media has been full of concern and conspiracy theories, not calmed by the latest statement from the palace, which told ABC News Thursday, Kensington Palace made it clear in January the timelines of the princess's recovery. We said we'd only be providing significant updates. That guidance stands. The situation exacerbated by Prince William bowing out of an engagement for a personal matter on Tuesday. An unusual move and unusual language for a royal. The palace only saying at the time that Kate was doing well.
4: When it comes to your medical condition in the UK, it's a private matter. She's not the head of state and that is why the king has decided to be more transparent with his cancer diagnosis and treatment. They're fully aware there's speculation online but the reality is there are certain things that they're allowed to be private about.
17: Thursday Prince William seen visiting a synagogue mentioning Kate but not her condition. Both
11: Kath and I are extremely concerned about the rise of activism that you guys have talked about today but this morning and I'm just so sorry you uh, had to experience that.
17: The prince trying to manage royal obligations as both his wife and his father face health battles. King Charles in the midst of cancer treatments. Now, the palace seems to be aware of how much interest Kate's well-being is generating online. But guys, at this point, it seems like the family has decided this is a private matter and they want to keep it that way. Guys, And we just wish all
5: of them well with that health battle. OK, Maggie, thank you so much. We turn now to our series spring break on a budget. Gio and Becky are back to bring you the best adventures without breaking the bank. And this morning, can artificial intelligence book your trip for less than you can? Let's see what happened. Good morning again, Gio. Hey,
16: Rebecca, good morning again. Yeah, AI is getting smarter by the day, you know it, and much more mainstream. But when it comes to booking a vacation, can a computer really know how to plan a fun and affordable for your family. Well, Becky and I put old school and new school to the test. Let's see how it turned out. For the Aaron's family from Boston, time and money are key when planning their spring
18: break. Can you help us book a trip to San Francisco for spring break?
16: So Becky and I are trying two ways to plan and save. I'll go old school planning online with the help of travel expert, Katie Nastro
15: while I'm avoiding all human contact altogether and using AI for help, specifically Google Gemini and ChatGPT. Okay, AI's up. First tip, act as my travel agent. I'm planning a trip from Boston to San Francisco, and I'd like to find inexpensive flights, a nice but cheap place to stay and Great activities for the family. At first, ChatGPT goes a little cattywampus and recommends a rough neighborhood. Fisherman's Wharf, Union Square, the Tenderloin. The Tenderloin? I don't know about that. But it does also list some specific hotels, and I pick one down in Fisherman's Wharf for just over $200 a night. Woo! Now, the pricing on rental cars was a little outdated. ChatGPT said 40 bucks a day for rental cars? The site it recommended, rentalcars.com, has one for $60 a day. That's a little more, but it's still a good deal. I switch over to Google's AI, Gemini, for a few more tips. The AI suggested that I try flexible dates and check out Google Flights. I shifted to a day earlier, and Google Flights said to buy the fares as individual one-way tickets. And that brought the price down to, get this, $204 round-trip. Way less than any round-trip tickets I could find. Now, some of the advice was a little off, so be extra careful to check out things like the location of suggested hotels, But I think of myself as a very experienced travel booker, and I learned some things on this little experience. Okay, Gio, you're up. We're
16: trying to see if we could do that faster and get better prices than AI.
5: One man versus machine. We want to cast our net as wide as we can and then drill down to
15: get that sort of perfect ideal flight.
16: It took a little toggling with options and filters, but we narrowed it down to $306 flying on two different airlines. So we're leaving on Alaska. We're returning on JetBlue. Both nonstops. We found a rental car for $57 a day, but parking the city can be expensive, so we filtered our hotel results by free parking. So we have a few hotels uh, that have the free parking here. Not bad. There's always benefits to booking direct.
5: There might be freebies that we don't even know about that aren't displayed here. As well as, if anything goes wrong, you're dealing directly with the hotel.
16: Plus, you definitely get for this room, you do the hotel just over eleven hundred bucks for five nights, right in the heart of Fisherman's Wharf.
5: All right, Gio and Becky head to head. You I went feel like o- a
16: dinosaur after seeing <laughs> Becky do that though. Jeez.
5: But you got your point, so we're really excited. And your team old school. So, Gio, tell us what you found. Okay,
16: so our amazing travel expert Katie found us four airline tickets for about twelve hundred bucks. We got that car rental for about three forty-three, and then accommodations just over eleven $1, hundred bucks. The grand total, just over twenty seven hundred dollars.
5: All right,
15: Becky, you tell us. You did new school, you did the machines. What'd you find? I, I- <laughs> I did, Rebecca. And here's the deal. AI isn't like a travel robot on exact deals. Best price, Jet Blue, nine fifty seven, three hundred bucks. But it did have really good hints on where to book deals yourself. So let's do the math. 4 airline tickets at $204 each round trip, that brings us to $816. Car rental, um, that was $233 before taxes. Hotel in Fisherman's Wharf was about $1286. So a grand total of $2,335, so in this case, booking a trip with AI would save you about $400. $400. Wow, guys. but
16: did you hear what she said before taxes? <laughs> I counted taxes, Becky. Oh.
5: Really? Okay, this is an interesting Let's stipulation. I also think it's really interesting, Becky, that you used AI and you still found some things that weren't exactly right. Was it helpful ultimately in finding the deal?
15: Yeah, you do have to double check it. So that's important. Um, And you know, I thought AI would be helpful in itinerary planning, like sightseeing ideas. And it was. Even suggesting city pass for activities that would have saved our family another 150 bucks. Um, But here's what surprised me. Deal hunting is a cat and mouse game and AI was really up to date on the current hacks for finding good prices. It was like having a travel savvy friend from the city you're visiting giving you advice that's all up to date. So I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I love
5: a pleasant surprise when it comes to a travel hack and Becky and Gio, we always love (laughs) having you with us. Sam? Mm time to book that flight. Yeah, that was, you. So,
6: that was so much fun. I, I learned stuff there. All right. I want to show you uh, a little bit of a, a cherry blossom going on in Washington, D. C. And a lot of people have asked us. Wait, isn't this super early? So the pink blossoms and I'm not an arborist here, folks, but but just follow me for a minute. The pink blossoms are early blooming in the D.C. Area. It's those beautiful white ones that are all around uh, the city that are later on. And the National Park Service says that that cherry blossom, the white one is March 23rd through March 26 is the peak bloom there now this is the fifth year in a row though that it is blooming in March the normal date is April 4th so be aware that this cool air that's there now is gone by tomorrow we've got milder temperatures and look at the long-range forecast look how warm it stays on the east coast
0: right stuff yeah time for the right stuff everybody this morning is here to help us Get ready for spring with the best cleaning supplies to freshen up your home. Lori, always good to see you. Always you're kind of matching the furniture today. I
22: know. It's spring, it's coming, it's spring. Michael. It's right around the corner. Good
0: morning. So, we're going to start though. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to start. You might as well go big. We're going yeah. with the big, hard to clean messes first. That's exactly
22: right. So, if you have a carpenter, couch, or chair, any soft surface at home, you need this Bissell Little Green Clean Machine. Oh. So, this has over 75,000 five star reviews on Amazon, and we're going to show You how it works. We actually did a demo this morning. I think we're going to show you guys. So we had Billy spill a little bit of coffee on this chair, and then Sal cleaned it up right there. Can't take Billy anywhere. He's going to, you know, always spill some coffee on your chair.
0: Usually can't take Sal either.
22: (laughs) And so that was less than two hours ago, and you can see now. Nothing. Ta da! So it looks really good. It's so user friendly, Michael. I'm just going to show you here. It's no louder than a vacuum cleaner, Uh and you just use a light touch to spray and then suck it right up. See that? Wow. It's so easy. It's under $100, which if you get so, your carpet or your upholstery professionally clean, that's going to cost you a lot more. And every purchase helps to benefit the Bissell Pet Foundation, which helps homeless pets.
0: And I, uh, under $100 is a great under deal. Under 100 bucks, That's yes. a great deal. All right, what about the smaller messes? Okay, you you're going to love and other things. this
22: one. So this is Folex. It is a top seller. It is only $7. So if you will help me demo this, pour a little bit of coffee not a lot not a lot just a little there we go there he goes okay now you're gonna use Folex again under $7 you're just gonna spray it mm-hmm. gently agitate it so you're gonna use a brush kind of get that out and then if you'll blot it yeah, that's for me agitated. yeah. yeah and then it instantly will remove. This is great because it's safe to use around kids and pets. It has no CFCs, no VOCs. It can take out oil, grease, ice cream. We've used it in my house for ice cream, markers, Play-Doh. You you can't take my husband anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Now Play-Doh.
0: All right. What about dust? Okay, this the is really cool, is too.
22: So this is under $7. It looks kind of like that slime. Fun, it's yeah. fun to play with. Okay, I'm so glad you're going to help me demo this. This is the color coral. So go ahead and uh, just kind of pick it up, the dust and the grime. This is great for car oh, vents, wow. fans. Oh, don't worry. We have a broom for that later. But, I need sal. <laughs> but what this is great for is all of those little nooks and crannies that you feel like even when you do a good big clean, you can't get into those little crevices to clean. This has over 50,000 five-star reviews. And you see, you just used it. Is your, does your hand feel sticky?
4: No. No. It amazing. looks
22: like really, you know, slimy, but it doesn't leave anything sticky. And it has a zesty, clean smell. So, there we go there. Now, next up, we're going to do the Broom Bee. The so, this is the best bee. broom. So, Michael, will you help me demo this one? I'm going like to show a you. A for, Sil- go ahead. Yeah, go silicone ahead. E- it's silicone a silicon edge, edge, so it uses static electricity.
0: Uh,
14: wow. Look at that.
22: Yeah, look at that. So um, it's great for crumbs. You can pick up glass. You can pick up hair. And so what's great about this, too, it has a is telescoping working. handle so you can get under couches or chairs or under the bed if something spills. But what's really cool about this, and we're just going to wipe that right away, I is that it like can get sweeping, liquid. By the way. It can get liquid, so you just pick ah. it up right at that. It is incredible. We love the Broomby. Caroline is obsessed with this, our producer. And then we have one final thing left, mopping, Michael. because I love sweeping. Mopping. I'm not a
0: big fan of mopping, but oh, what kind of well, mopping situation you gonna here? Who
22: wants to mop their floor with dirty water? Nobody, you need two chambers. The O-Cedar will let you do that, so we're going to put a little water okay. on it. We're going to mop up our floor here. Now, okay. instead of putting it back into dirty water, we're putting it in this chamber. Uh, we're spinning that mop. Oh. And it takes all that dirty water out around 50 bucks and sparkling You forth. just
0: made mopping a game. <laughs> I love it. I'm all in for the mopping now. Lori B., you do it again as Thank always. You, you guys Coming up, it's Global Day of Unplugging, how you and your family re- can reconnect as we roll into the weekend. I want the mop. It's cool.
2: Today is the global day of unplugging. It starts tonight at sundown. It's a day to take some time off, go offline, be more mindful about how much tech we use. Uh, Deborah, you took a similar challenge. You called it the flip phone February.
8: Oh, my gosh, George. It was something else. I got to tell you. There's a study that says nearly half of us say we can't live without this, and I plead guilty to feeling kind of addicted to my smartphone. So I decided to take on the February Flip phone challenge to see if life is a bit calmer and healthier without so much screen time. Wow! It's the experiment sweeping social media. Flip phone February. I'm going to give it a shot and see what it is like to actually step away from the smartphone. The challenge was officially on. I am back at the pecking stages of doing messages. These messages are going to be very brief, like see you soon. No Uber app, so let's see if I can flag a cab. It had its perks. It's five days in with the flip phone, and I really am giving it my best. I really am. I have not been posting on social media, um, which I actually don't miss a whole lot. One plus of not scrolling through my phone all the time is that I'm reading more. I've read two books in the last two weeks. Right, Pepper? and it's pitfalls. What's hardest for me is not Googling. The other thing is to taking pictures. I'm just not taking pictures like I usually do, and I do like doing that. Everything requires a little bit more thought in terms of pressing the buttons. So sometimes I just decide, ah, forget it. And I wasn't alone in my efforts. People all over the country were joining in on the phone.
11: I think that some of those spaces that get filled, perhaps by looking at your phone when there's nothing to look at, you just look at the world, and I like that.
20: I've been doing
21: a
8: lot of like extra hikes and going and drawing while I'm on the hike. Ditching your smartphone
19: may even bring some added health benefits. Some of the benefits of taking a break from your smartphone can include noticing improvement in your mood, feeling less stressed, sleeping a bit better. Having more time.
8: If you don't want to fully commit to the flip phone, there are some other ways to limit screen time.
19: My tips for taking a break from social media or your smart device really include turn off notifications for apps that you know you spend a lot of time on.
8: So to celebrate global day of unplugging, I'm going to share my flip phone February results. And it wasn't perfect, I will say. I (laughs) vowed to use this for two weeks and I didn't quite make it. The first thing I noticed is it's not easy to go backwards once you've become accustomed to the convenience of the technology. Guys, all those apps, Mm. I mean, everything we do really is in here. So what did you miss? I missed the Uber app because I was catching cabs or just like maybe not going someplace for like a week and a half. Um, The mobile app for the digital uh, airplane boarding Mm. pass and Apple Mm. Pay. I mean, we use Apple Pay. You right. don't even have to yeah. carry money. And suddenly, you know, you got to pull out the credit card or find some cash. Yeah. <laughs> Good example. <experiment. laughs> <laughs> but Thank I had you,
1: friends
0: Deborah.
8: who wondered if I was okay. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Deb. Let's go to Michael. Yeah, I had my kids cash and they go, what's this? <laughs> Put it on a card. You'll
18: like it.
8: Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah.
0: But, De- Deborah, you you did it. You you took the challenge, the flip phone challenge. You did great at it. But how can you convince your family to unplug for a day? That's a big question. Parody expert Erica Suter and Lindsay Pierce the owner of the craft studio they're here with some ideas and Erica I want to start with you why why is it important for the kids and for the parents to unplug
4: well we know that there's less anxiety better sleep Mm. better connection when you put those phones away and you spend time with your family and so what it takes is actually convincing the kids to let go of the devices and convincing the parents so we want to make sure that there are activities in place that they can do that
5: and it's something that I think is so interesting as a parent of a five year old and a baby, we spend so much time worried about what they're doing in the real world mm-hmm. and so much less time worried about what they're doing online. We got to think
4: about good things, fun
5: things for them to do when they are offline. What do you recommend? Right.
4: It's really hard to get your kids to buy into this, but if you have a plan, it can work. This is something that my family's doing tomorrow. We're going to start the day with a nature scavenger hunt. And as we go through the day, we're going to check off the things. Then we're going to do a quick act of kindness for us taking cookies to the fire department across the street. Then we're going to do give back, going through your closet, finding toys and clothes that you can take to church for a drive on Sunday, and then make a meal together, find something new, or go to an old favorite. We're going to do French toast. And the last is learn something new for us, Tomorrow it's going to be origami. Origami. Yeah. That, I know what we're doing tomorrow in the
5: Jarvis Hansen house. Wow. Good
0: deal. Well, she said French toast. I am like, can I come to your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come hang out. With you and the family, but that's a nice busy day. please mm-hmm. keep all the kids keep yourself and the kids occupied. Absolutely. And, and Lindsay's here. And yes. Lindsay, I'm gonna, you am going to you brought us some great like offline activities yes. that you can do with the kids to keep them occupied while they're, they have no screen yes. time. So can you tell us about some?
23: Of course. So Ryan over here is writing a letter to his idol Ryan is writing to Ronaldo. Love it. And you can get them excited to make an old fashioned stationery and letters by using materials you have. You can cut out hearts and make cute pop-up cards, watercolor, cut them out into shapes, emojis. Use the supplies you have and it's amazing how creative they'll get without even having a lot of prompts and how fun. Instead of trying to find your idol online, write them a letter. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll write back because they don't get that many. It's kind of cool, right? Write that that Taylor era,
5: Red well that done, on Ryan. If only you'd written one to Michael, you could hand it off right here. Oh. Uh, oh
0: that's, missed opportunity. <laughs> missed oh, Ryan. a learning lesson right? here.
23: Um, so I have a nine-year-old daughter, and this the beauty products thing is huge right now for that age, and I'm trying to keep them away from products that aren't safe for them. So this is a win-win. It's unplugging and making safe spa and beauty products for them. Okay, should we show them what to do? We're gonna mix up a scrub. It's basic ingredients, sugar you'll already have in your pantry, a little safflower oil. Okay, girl, let's go. Ready, go ahead and mix it. And then you just add like a fun essential oil scent. You can do a cotton candy. This happens to be a lovely lavender. And then you can get the cheap bulk jars. They can even design cute little labels and you can save them as gifts. It's so much fun. You also can make bath bombs. You can make little lip bombs. So cute raspberry, draw the labels. It's great for them to kind of Get their hands dirty and make something they'll use, Thank right? Thank you for your assistance. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Okay, if you're not crafty, yes. Okay, so I love a good it game. These games are awesome because you can actually get going. Floor is lava. You put the spots down. You spin there the you spinner. Go. They're <laughs> having fun. They're getting everybody excited. Also, a good ladder toss. Let's see. You guys want to go a for la- it? Okay. Points. The highest rack round or whatever it's is called. The highest yes. points. Okay. okay. Let's see how you fare. Toss it over. Let's see. Oh! oh! Did we just tie? You won. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job, you guys.
0: Forget about the kids. We're going to play that again. I know.
23: Get the whole family involved. Both these games are great options.
0: Thank thank you both, Erica. Thank you. Thank you so so much. Really appreciate you. And you can shop these games, and you can get instructions for all of the DIY activities on GoodMorningAmerica.com. Unplug with those kids and enjoy the time together as a family. Because we're going to enjoy our time when we come back. That man right there, Scott Foley, he is here live.
19: We've got the exclusive view
23: behind the table. Every day, right after the show, while the topics are still hot, the ladies go deeper into the moments that make the view the view. The Views Behind the Table podcast. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
16: The first ever criminal trial of a former president is underway in Manhattan. It's one of potentially four trials facing former President Trump as he makes his third bid for the White House. What do voters think about his culpability and would a guilty verdict make a difference in the election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics Podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Welcome back. Scott Foley, one of our favorite leading men of prime time is here. He starred in Scandal and Felicity, and now he's in a new drama series, The Girls on the Bus, about journalists on the road following flawed presidential candidates. Hello, Scott. It is so nice to see you. Welcome Thank you so
9: much. I appreciate
5: it. Uh, love this new series. Love the ideas behind it. But yeah. it, it was quite a mountain you had to climb to even make it.
9: Yeah, look, I think anytime you make a TV show, it's a huge mountain to climb. But uh, doing this uh, during COVID, uh, we finished it uh, beginning of 2023. And then there was a, an actor strike and a writer's strike. You know, and getting it on the air has been a, a
0: no small feat. And I'm so excited people are going to get to see it. And this is inspired by a real-life reporter that went on the road with the presidential candidates. So what is crazier, the show or reality?
9: Well, look, we we do everything we can to write crazy in the show, but how can you beat what's going on right now? Reality is insane. You know, I mean, how is it that we are uh, this deep into a presidential election, not even this deep, and there's really only two candidates? I know.
5: But this is a nice escape from reality, by the way, what you're putting out there.
9: Yes, this is a great escape from reality. You know, we are following a, a um, you know, a fictitionalized uh, electoral race. I play a, um, I play a young uh, mayor with uh, huge presidential ambitions. He's from Kansas. He's a military veteran. really gives you sort of Pete Buttigieg vibe, um, <laughs> and we had a great time making it. Yeah, so you're the presidential candidate was
6: there a speech that you remember that riled up the electorate the electorate that you think might be good for candidates real candidates good for real candidates yeah. <laughs> uh, a specific speech yeah like a stump speech out there well making look crazy. I, I
9: always go back to uh, obama at the democratic convention right that first sort of speech where everyone was like oh who is this guy and next thing you know he's president that mm. for me is one of the sort of the greatest all-time political speeches did you manage to find that moment in the show uh... I, personally no, i can't compete with that, it's Obama um, but, but you know, there are some great stump speeches along the way in this show this is a, a fantastic, funny, sort of uh, lightly comedic look at uh, a presidential electorate and it really it's about these four women these these uh, girls on the bus as the show is called and and found family along the way on the trail. Mm.
5: I got to admit I'm a huge Felicity fan, huge Dawson's Creek fan. Oh my it takes goodness. me back as I think about your roles in those shows and you have a 14-year-old now? Yeah, I understand. you're aging
9: us by talking about
4: <laughs> <I know. this.
5: laughs> it. I'm sorry to do that but I have to ask cuz I have to wonder what it's like has your 14-year-old watched?
9: I'm I'm uh, we have tried to show it to her three or four different times. <laughs> And every time I come on screen, she sort of leaves the room. You know, once a dad, always a dad. So it doesn't matter if you're twenty six on screen or fifty one in real life, she doesn't care at all.
5: I would have run out of the room watching with my dad too at the time. So Understood. I get it.
6: Yeah.
0: That's the Understood. great thing about kids. That's yeah. the great they thing keep about you kids. <laughs> they, they they
6: exactly do do. Moving forward to scandal though, Carrie Washington said that if there was a scandal movie, she'd be up for it. Would you be and she would want you in it. Would you oh, be really? up for it?
9: Yeah. Look at that, people. There you go. And she'd want me in. It. <laughs> uh, that goes to show how close Carrie and I are, because I had no idea. Um, yeah, look, I think I think the this, this show uh, had a fantastic ending, but I think there's always more story to tell. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's probably up to, up to Shonda Rhimes. Um, you know, she was the, the sort of brains and, and brilliance behind the show. Um, yeah, of course Carrie wants to do a movie. We all want to do a movie. Yeah. What do, you,
5: what do you want your character to do in the movie?
9: Well, first I want him to get out of jail. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to say that's very important. Yeah, and, and then also not die. Yeah. So if there's a sequel to the movie, <laughs> you know, is a good thing. That's the thing. Stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Don't die. It was funny. She has a question about your 14-year-old watching Felicity. I'm like, has she seen Scandal? Yeah, no, she has not seen Scandal. Yeah. There's that's too many enough. too many
9: dad with his shirts off talking about <laughs> running out of the room. Now. <laughs>
5: Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, Scott Foley, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Always and great. the Girls you. on the Bus debuts on Thursday, March 14th on Max. Sam.
6: All right, let's take a look at what's going on out there. We do want to talk a little bit about uh, the weather conditions that are out there right now. And so for a good part of the country, we've talking about snow on the west coast, but on the east coast, we've had a snow drought, even though there's 10 inches of lake effect snow that fell in Syracuse and 20 inches just north. Look at what there should have been. So that's 104 inches of snow. We're down to 45 in that area. So we really do need to get some more snow into the picture. But unfortunately, look at these temperatures. By the time we get to the first part of the week next week, 68 degrees, almost 70. In Syracuse, and the long-range models have that warm air sticking around all the way through March. Record temperatures, by the way, by the time we get to Chicago, Chicagoland, you're 71 on Sunday, 71 on Monday.
5: Scott Foley was so impressed watching <laughs> Sam insane. deliver that behind the scenes. There was,
9: I was, I was looking at the, the, there was no teleprompter. He just off the cuff spewed all, all that baby. out. That's, That's all our Lake effects and inches of snow. You're insane. You are oh insane.
5: By the way, coming up, we have more reasons to clap. Zibby Owens, host of the podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read, has found time to write one, and she tells us about it live unscripted. Stay around.
2: We are back with Zibby Owens from the Moms Don't Have Time to Read books podcast. Zibby turns out does have time to write books. Her debut novel, Blank, is out now. Welcome, your first novel. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) I love to see the excitement. Tell us about Blank.
20: Blank is a fun, fast-paced read about a novelist named Pippa Jones, who is late on her second book, and she can't come up with an idea, and she decides to hand it in blank as a commentary on the publishing industry. And it's really about her relationships, her friendships, her marriage, marriage, and everything that um, comes after this big decision. Now,
2: your husband and your son both claim to have come up with the idea, is that true?
20: Yes. How about Did that? they? <laughs> no. I, actually, I have four kids. I think it was my younger son who, when I was trying hard myself to think of an idea for this book, said, why don't you just hand it in blank? And I was like, no, wait, that is a great idea for a
2: book. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out for you, but you're also a publisher. I am. So what if somebody gave you a blank book?
20: I am a publisher of Zippy Books, and I would not be happy at all if somebody handed me in a blank book. We do one book a month in fiction and memoir, and luckily, Amy <laughs> Lynn just so happened to have my latest book that we're publishing by Amy Lynn called Hereafter, and she definitely did not hand it in <laughs> blank. So, <laughs> oh,
2: good for her. Um, tell us a little bit more about the book. I hear the chocolate chip pancakes play a big role.
20: <laughs> they, they do play a big role. My husband makes chocolate chip pancakes for my kids all the time, and then when he travels to LA, for work. They're like, okay, mom, where are the pancakes? I'm like, I don't have time for this. So that is part of what I put in the book is this frazzled mom who just can't seem to do anything to make everybody happy.
2: Now, I've written books. My wife has written books. I think if we turn in a blank page, the call would be give us our advance back immediately. (laughs) So, So what advice do you have for writers who have writer's block?
20: Well, people looking for their next story. I have talked to so many authors, aspiring authors, writers through having a bookstore and a publishing house and a podcast. And what I've really learned is that it is never too late to start the next chapter, and you just have to get in there and do it now. Just sit down and do it. Just sit down and do it.
2: And now you already have another book in the works called Overheard. I do. What's that like?
20: Uh, That is about a bookstore owner. I have clearly no imagination here, (laughs) and it's about a bookstore owner who, her husband, her ex-husband starts dating a big movie star and she is talking badly about her at her son's football game and it ends up getting caught on the live stream, which actually happened to me, although I didn't say anything bad, and she gets canceled and it's about how to redeem herself. Which
2: part happened to you?
20: My son's football game. I was sitting there with a bunch of, you know, family and everything and then we found out later when we watched the footage that everything we said was on the live stream for the whole <laughs> school.
2: Oh, hot mic moment. I know, hot <laughs> mic moment, yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming in. Thank Zivion's you. Zivion's blank in. is out now and we'll be right
0: back. Well every time I hear bye bye bye. <laughs> all right, wanna thank you for watching. It's only nine days until the Oscars. We're counting down with some surprises all week long. Have a great weekend.
19: Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast, now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.